Today is Thursday, February 16th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. A man rushes the Buffalo mass shooter during a chaotic courthouse scene. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast. We're bringing news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe, leave a rating, share it with a friend, email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. We are getting through the news of the cray here. That's what we do each and every day at 7 a.m. Joining me as always, help us get through it. Billy Hallowell, Tregon's Phillips on this Friday Junior. What's up, fellas? I'm living the dream. There you go. <laughs> you know, I can say now that what what is this Thursday? So almost the entire week and I finally can breathe again. Uh, there which you go. Is, which is nice. Good. I'm not as congested as I, so I don't sound like I'm holding my nose when I'm talking anymore. All right. So that's the pra- good. The prayers of the audience have been heard. Thank you all so <laughs> right. much for that. Yeah. I mean, I'm coughing less. So there you go. We're on the uptick. Yes. Which means only one thing. I'm next now You're to be next. <laughs> <laughs> Duck and cover, Billy. Duck and cover. All right. What do we got? Uh, what do we got coming up on the uh, focus story today? Yeah. So we're going to talk about Terry Crews. Obviously, he's been pretty open about his faith and his past struggles and marriage. But I, I think what's really encouraging is he's talking about the importance of prayer, which seems to always be under attack in our culture. So we'll get into that. All right. Looking forward to hearing those comments. And uh, also on the main thing, which devices in your home are a hacker's dream? CBN's Mark Martin has more on that on the main thing today. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. And an emotional scene played out in court yesterday as a man was escorted out of the Erie County Courthouse This was after he rushed at the Buffalo mass shooter, Peyton Gendron, during his sentencing hearing. Barbara Massey, whose sister was among the 10 killed in that attack last May, she was delivering an emotional statement when a man dressed in gray lunged at Gendron, forcing authorities to intervene. He was later sentenced to life in prison without parole. Um, Gendron said that speaking um, before the court, he told them, he said, I did a terrible thing that day. I shot and killed people because they were black. Looking back now, I can't believe I actually did that. He said, I believe what I read online and I acted out of hate. I know I can't take it back, but I wish I could. And I don't want anyone to be inspired by me and what I did. Dave Hollis, a former uh, president of Worldwide Distribution for Walt Disney Studios, He's a Christian author as well, died at his home in Texas back on February 11th. He was just 47 years old, and his ex-wife was Rachel Hollis, and she asked for prayers on social media. And CBN's Wendy Griffith reports from Asbury University at the scene of that Christian revival that's happening on campus. You can read more over at CBNnews.com. A lot going on there, guys. Obviously, the news of Dave Hollis sad. Um, Also, I wanted to this courthouse scene that was playing out. I wanted to play a clip here. This was another family member that uh, was speaking and giving the victim impact statement. And here's what I just, it's just a short clip, but here's what she had to say as she's addressing this person that killed her loved one. My granddaughter will never be able to celebrate her birthday on May 14th. It hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. But I'm going to pray for you, and I want everyone to just pray for all the families that we can get through this, because right now, almost a year later, I still feel like my life will never be the same, ever. It'll never be the same. 
Thank you. I'm sorry for your loss. So there you have it at the courthouse there. And um, just the fact that she could stop and pray and or at least say she's praying for this person who killed a loved one is just it's we've seen that happen before. And, uh, you know, it's only through God's grace and strength that can someone do that. And it's it's always very, very um, powerful to see that. Yeah. Uh, you know, even, even if you were saying it, right. I mean, I'm sure she's doing it as well, but even the ability to say it with all of that pain yeah. and suffering is, is deeply, deeply incredible. And I think that's one of the evidences that we have for the gospel that people can operate in that way because the human reaction is to hate and want to scream and want to mm-hmm. beat the person. I mean, you just, the anger that you're overtaken with after having someone taken away from you. And yet yeah. seeing that was really powerful. Well, especially because we did see that exact emotion you're talking about the guy rushed uh, one of the other family members just rushed at him and uh, and actually one of the other um family members speaking was expressing thoughts of i just want to choke you and i you know they're very angry which is of course understandable but then to see that message of grace you know compared to that uh next to that and just a little bit of you know that compassion that to to feel sorry for somebody who did such a horrible thing. And um, it's just, uh, again, it's powerful to see that. I think, too, what's encouraging is to see somebody, even if she's not feeling that forgiveness or she's not mm-hmm. feeling that desire to pray, or to, pray uh, to be willing to say it and to just act in obedience as a believer, mm-hmm. which I think is is more than half the battle a lot of times as as Christians living in this fallen world who are we're prone to our own sinfulness. And I think a lot of it is just stepping up and saying, I don't feel like forgiving this person. I certainly don't feel like praying for this person, but I'm going to speak it and I'm going to start to act out in obedience. Uh, and then oftentimes what ends up happening is the Holy Spirit through the process of sanctification and working in our own spiritual life uh, I think the Lord rewards that obedience, right? We're doing or we're taking the right steps you know, mentally. And then spiritually, we end up catching up because the Holy Spirit is rewarding, you know, being in that space of obedience. So even if she's not feeling those feelings right now, as she's speaking them, uh, the fact that she's stepping out in obedience and following and hoping and praying that those feelings will soon be there uh, is really encouraging and convicting. And, And it's a good reminder that all of us should, should seek to act that way. Yeah. And the other thing that's interesting, I read the quote from Gendron, the shooter, and he had at least some understanding that what he did was wrong. I mean, a lot of times you see the people that commit these horrible acts and they just look like the soul has vacated the body and they're just an empty vessel at that point. And um, in this case, it seemed like at least there was some understanding of what they did and apparently some remorse. He was crying in in the courtroom and understanding that, you know, can't take it back now and obviously there's nothing you can say really to make it any better but um at least at least there's some understanding there of what he did yeah i mean i think that you can see the humanity in that at least understanding recognizing seeing the pain in others when you watch those videos and you hear the audio even what you just played it's hard you would have to be an absolute you know, completely monster. disconnected. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, and I think you're a monster in that moment to do something oh, like sure. what you did. But my point is you, you'd, you'd have to be completely overtaken by evil to not feel something hearing that from the victims. Yeah. yeah and then you, and it just makes you think of what in the world chat room or message board was he on that was saying stuff like this. And it's just, man, watch what your kids are consuming online. 
do what you can to monitor it because there is just so much wickedness out there and evil that you do not want your kids to get wrapped up and entangled in it in any way, shape, or form because you never know when something horrible like this is going to result from it. So continued prayers there for all those families, of course. And, um, and you can read more about that over at uh, cbnnews.com. So, all right, we're going to head into our next story now. And Terry Crews speaking out about faith again. And he's done this several times now, speaking out boldly on the issue of pornography and the damages that that does to people. But uh, now he's talking specifically about his wife's faith. So what did he say? Yeah, you know, I think it's it's really interesting to see him, to see the evolution, I think, of, of his openness, right? He, he started talking about pornography, and then that's kind of evolved into talking about his faith, and then how, how faith has kind of uh, been a, a, a real rock for his marriage to his wife, Rebecca. So... Uh, with that honesty, I think has just has come this evolution of of being more open with with stuff. So he hosted the Movie Guide Awards this week, and he told the Christian Post that he credits much of the success of their marriage to his wife's prayerfulness. Uh, he said she's a praying woman. She has prayed us through so many things. One thing I know is that to have a woman like that who really wants the best for you. Let me tell you, there's no replacing that. Uh, And Cruz said that knowing his wife is praying for him to have a spouse who's praying for you through whatever you're going through, either individually uh, or as a couple, he said is quote, absolutely the best feeling uh, in the world. Uh, So it's just incredible to see all of the praise that he's heaping on his wife just for, for being a a prayer partner, right? You know, somebody who's uh, helping him through stuff, tangibly, like just day to day, but also to know that he's got a spouse who's, uh, who's his advocate and is, 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 is in his corner, uh, I think has been a real uh, source of encouragement for him. Yeah, definitely. And he has talked, as we mentioned, about his own past struggles with pornography and what is the history there? Yeah, so his his praise for his wife's prayer life comes obviously after years, a few years of him being really transparent and, and just upfront about his struggles with pornography. Obviously, that's a huge issue we talk about on here uh, all the time. Uh, and he's been kind of a champion against pornography. Uh, he's said that Pornhub, which is the, you know, the world's largest uh, pornography platform, should be completely shut down uh, because he said his first exposure to porn was at just nine years old. Obviously at nine years old, you have no idea what you're looking at and, and, and you know, how to, how to deal with that. Uh, so last year he also talked with entertainment tonight about uh, going on a 90 day sex fast uh, that he said he and his wife ended up doing together years ago. And he said that played a big role in helping him beat uh, the, the issue of pornography. He said Rebecca told the Christian Post uh, that lust never satisfies uh, and dealing with a struggle like pornography uh, eventually leads you to other places. And ultimately that led Cruz uh, to cheating on his wife. Uh, and Rebecca was really, um, you know, upfront and honest with him at the time and said, hey, I'm going to have to walk away from this marriage if you don't resolve this infidelity issue and this pornography issue, but I am praying, praying with you. I want to fight through this with you. Uh, and Rebecca said she's proud of the work that he ended up doing because it ended up saving their marriage. She said, I'm thankful that he made the choice to deal with the demons and save our family because we need him. So mm. uh, really an encouraging story. Yeah. And I didn't know that about the, uh, I mean, I knew about the pornography struggle. I didn't know about the infidelity. And so it's, it's interesting to see, you know, cause people have a lot of different takes on this. I know People will criticize Christian women at times for staying with men that cheat. And, you know, and it's, of course, 
each situation is a little bit different. But uh, when somebody is repentant, apparently like Terry was and was working on it to fix it, it's um, it's it's encouraging to see that a couple can make it through that with faith as their anchor to see that example and that they're willing to talk about that because this is kind of like one of those things that cannot be fun to talk about for them, you know, um, given the just the embarrassment and everything else that comes along with that. So it, it's good that there's a couple out there that is willing to share their struggles with it, show that, yes, you can reconcile this relationship. Mm-hmm. It is possible. Um, yeah. and, uh, so that's, it's good to see that. Well, and I want to add too that it, it was 20 years, uh, of, of their marriage before he finally picked up the phone and called his wife and said, one, I've cheated on you. Uh, and two, for the first 20 years of our marriage, I was dealing with an addiction to pornography. Uh, so it's cool to see that he's willing to say, look, it took me 20 years and that's 20 years of damage and, and, and work that we have to, to, to figure out how to resolve, but it's not impossible. And I think he set a good example of showing both of them together, set a a good example to your point, Dan, that it's not impossible. It doesn't mean it's not a lot of work, uh, but they've proven that it can be done through prayer and and trust in the Lord and, and trust in each other too. Well, I think the biggest thing here that stands out to me is that something that happens a lot in Christian culture is we sometimes, and not all the time, this is just some churches, I kind of grew up in a, in a church that I felt like was this way, you almost want to conceal or hide the bad things that happen, you don't want anybody to know, like mm-hmm. you want to walk into church and for everything to be perfect and everyone thinks your family is great, you know, and that's just not life, that's not the way it is, and so their willingness to talk about it to me is really interesting and I think helps sort of shatter some of that feeling like, you always have to be perfect among, um, you know, other Christians. In this case, they're talking to the entire public. But again, nobody's perfect, and we all have sin. And talking about it helps other people who are struggling deal with it as well. Great story there. Appreciate you bringing it, Trey. Um, and you can read more about that over at faithwire.com. You check out the story on Terry Crews and all of the things that he is speaking out about. Great to see somebody willing, like we we're saying, to speak out about faith. And put that out there because a lot of a lot of people aren't, to be frank. So um, we like to show it when we see it. So there it is. You can check it out, faithwire.com. All right, going to head into the main thing now. And from a chip in your refrigerator to security cameras at your front door, all these devices are great. I mean, they, they help our convenience and they make our lives somewhat easier and a little more streamlined. But... Are they a hacker's dream? A lot of the, to a lot of these uh, hackers, yes. Many of these devices are an open door uh, for them to get information and other things. So, um, what can you do? What can you be on the lookout for? Well, CBN's Mark Martin has more on that on today's main thing. Up in the top, you have a, a, a representation of the actual thermostat. It has your current temperature on it, and it also has your target temperature on it. Bob Womack can control his home thermostat remotely through his phone. The thermostat is a part of the Internet of Things, or IoT. At work, I can get a call from my wife and say, can you look into this, or can you change the temperature, or whatever. But it also has an ability to schedule when your heat is going to go on and when it's going to turn off. The Internet of Things is something that everybody deals with every day. So it could be a chip in your refrigerator. It is anything that's convenient in your house, like security system, the cameras that you have at your door. Any of these types of devices that you've installed on your house, smart light bulbs, those are all part of the Internet of Things. 
From HVAC systems to kitchen appliances to garage door openers, the Internet of Things is widespread. According to one estimate, there are more than 20 billion IoT devices around the world. Other examples include medical devices and cars with built-in sensors. It's so prevalent and because it's typically based on embedded devices that we don't see, sometimes we don't recognize just how prevalent it is. I didn't even know until it was installed that I was going to have it, but once I had it, it seemed like a good idea to be able to control stuff. The programming is much easier on an iPhone than it is on a thermostat. Karen Evans of the Cyber Readiness Institute warns, however, that users need to be cautious when it comes to convenience. The easier you make it for yourself, the more convenient you make it for yourself, the more convenient you're making it for hackers to get into your phone, into your house, into your security system. Regent University Associate Professor Dr. Alpha Niandoro agrees. The IoT is very, very vulnerable. The reason being that um, Usually, uh, these devices were never meant to be on the internet in the first place. Uh, so having internet capability is an add-on, a retrofit. Uh, as a result, uh, they do not have the normal controls that would have on a traditional computer, like your laptop. They are limited because of that. As a result, it's easy for hackers to get in uh, and cause damage. And once they get in, the danger can multiply as hackers can target the device that provides the most access. You can imagine if someone were to, to get in uh, to the meter and then get the database that houses uh, all the records of the people in a locality and so on. By some extension, they can end up getting people's social security numbers and the like. So all of them really uh, need to be looked into. So how do you protect yourself? Evans emphasizes password protection, including changing default passwords. Any of these devices, anything that you buy, any small business, that you change the passwords and that you manage these passwords. Other tips include keeping the software updated, making sure you're cyber ready, like being on the lookout for phony emails, and knowing what Internet of Things devices you actually have. Womack says having an IoT thermostat did make him leery of hackers, but he believes it's worth the risk if you're on the defensive. So far, I haven't had any kind of attack. I've got double protection. Uh, password protection and encryption, and my router is protected uh, by a, an encryption system, too. Mark Martin, CBN News, Virginia Beach. All right, Mark, thanks so much for that interesting report. Hopefully everybody took notes, and you can now oh, close all the doors that you've opened to hackers <laughs> and uh, keep your information there safe. Because it's never fun. We've all probably been, had our, have you guys had your, you know, identity or like your card number stolen or anything like that. It's not fun. Yeah, I've got freezes on everything right now because somebody oh, no. took it all. That's right. It just yeah. happened to you. Yeah. Gosh, I didn't mean to I didn't mean to scratch that open wound there. Right. Goodness. You're I should have pouring salt right in the wound apparently yeah. before. Uh, sorry about that. I apologize. I'm praying that thing gets resolved sooner than later. But uh we're we're at time now here for one last thing. Why don't we get into that? So James one twenty, it's just a really interesting portion of a connecting verse, which is verse 19, but it says, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And that's convicting because when we get angry, human anger, right? It's it's interesting. It's, you know, God might have his own type of anger that that is different, right? But human anger does not produce righteousness. And so it's a good check on us as we deal with 
you know, traumatic, difficult, painful things in our lives. Yeah. And I think it produces self-righteousness in a lot of cases. You start thinking that you're justified in your anger and really it's just kind of detracting you from how God wants you to be. Yeah. And yeah, we can't avoid feeling what we feel. We're humans. So I think it's it's really a, a matter of taking what we're feeling to the Lord first, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of letting it fester within ourselves or especially taking it to other people because that often turns into gossip, right? And we have this the Christian word for it. Where it's like, well, it's just sharing prayer requests. <laughs> when we're angry at somebody else, it's like, well, I, I don't know. This might be crossing the line into, right. into gossip. Have you taken this to the Lord first? So, And I mean, I'm the first to say I'm guilty yeah. of it too. But um, anyway, it's, it's a good reminder, I think. Right. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's like, yeah, I have, I have a prayer request about that Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to all the Tammies. We don't. Yeah, no, sorry, no, it's no, yeah, <laughs> absolutely not. Sorry, Tammy, or for our one Tammy listener out there. I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh, all right, that's all the time we have for this uh, uh, Friday Junior episode of the podcast. As always, get it over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise. We'll be back here tomorrow with more. God bless. See you then. <laughs>